employment, competitive marketplace, artificial intelligence that reads your resume, how does one possibly get the attention of HR these days? Well, welcome to the Military Wire with Mike Schindler. This is the podcast where we interview America's most elite men and women who have served this country. We share their stories of overcoming, their proven lessons in leadership and their journey to finding mission and purpose. So today we're going to try to crack that code. How do you actually get the attention, grab the attention of HR? And we're going to do it with Jennifer Helwig. She's a proud Air Force veteran who not only served in the role of Director of Education, but was also a Command First Sergeant. And she was with the Air Force Material Command. And Jennifer, now you serve in the role of human resource manager for a company based out of Ohio. You've been on both sides of, the, of this issue, uh, being hired and hiring. Excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Well, thank you for inviting me to the conversation, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with your story. I love this when somebody's been on both sides, that's serving now in HR, so you're hiring. But at one point, you were on the other side looking to be hired. Um, and you've got an amazing career in the Air Force. So why don't you share with our audience uh, your background in the Air Force? So, um, yeah, I've had a you know, 28 year career. And uh, and the thing about being in the military is that you have to leave. You're not allowed to stay. So and, and, so for the last few years of everyone's career, you start trying to figure out you know, what you're going to do with the rest of your life. And I don't know if I really prepared myself throughout my career I guess in a way until like the last 10 years, but the first in 20 so years of my career, uh, I did a very myriad of things, um, as an air crew life support technician, uh, which is basically anything that an air crew member needs to survive in the air and on the ground in an emergency situation. We provide it, we teach them how to use it, we fix it, we troubleshoot it, um, all those great things. And then, uh, I then became a first sergeant. I really wanted to help take care of airmen. I wanted to be the person that could help not only help somebody through a crisis, but maybe fix some, you know, terrible things that are going on in their lives. And uh, I just definitely wanted to be that person that was able to kind of guide somebody through the choices in their career as well. So moving into that HR, that human resource um, element, I, uh, I did that for the last 10 years of my career. And during that time frame, I was uh, taught at the First Sergeant Academy uh, down in uh, Maxwell Air Force Base in Montgomery, Alabama. I did, and that's where I was a director of education mm-hmm. at. And then uh, I finished up my career as uh, the Command First Sergeant for Air Force Material Command. So I, it was just a blessing to be kind of that executive type of leadership at the at the higher levels of the Air Force and kind of see how that 30,000 foot level works. But it was really nice that I could be able to help uh, shape first sergeant's careers for, uh, for the rest of, you know, for, you know, for the long haul and for the duration. And then I ended up becoming, you know, their functional and, and uh, mentoring them on being better HRs for their particular squadron. So it was a great, it, the career was amazing. Didn't want to leave, but as you know, you have to take the uniform off. There, there's an end date on every point of service. No yes, question. There is an absolute end date. <laughs> yeah, there is an end date. And it's it can be unfortunate, but there is an end date. So mm-hmm. did you know, I mean, it's interesting when you when you share your story, did you know 
that you wanted to go into HR? I mean, was that as you observed the, you know, the, there's so many opportunities, you know, in all the branches, but was it something that you were just drawn to that you went, you know what, I'm going to pursue this path because of these reasons, or was it something that you kind of fell into? Well, so when I was uh, a senior airman, uh, I had a fantastic first sergeant by the name of Kevin Lynn. And he walked around with a coffee cup all day long and walked around <laughs> and talked to people. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to be that person that has a chance to go chit chat with everybody. All, But when the, really the, the basis of that was, man, he really got to know people. And he, he was, I'll tell you when something went wrong, they knew that they could trust him enough to help them through whatever, and honestly help them. I mean, if, if sometimes he had to say the baby was ugly, the baby was ugly, but they trusted him. And I wanted that. I knew that that was definitely where I wanted to go. Wow. That's, I I mean, it it almost sounds like the chaplaincy, but without, uh, you know, the religious component piece to it, right? Correct. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Yeah. That, that's uh, that's amazing. So let's talk about your own transition because, like you said, every point of service has an end date, right? We've we've all got mm-hmm. that termination date. What did you notice when you were transitioning? So here you were, you know, doing HR in the Air Force, but now you're transitioning. Now you're meeting with HR directors or HR managers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you notice? Was it a different world? Were the two worlds different? Uh, yes, the, the, definitely the two worlds were different. Uh, I do feel that, uh, I like the way you asked that question because our human resources in the military, uh, we are really focused on the people side of it. Basically, how can we help, um, uh, our airmen be better versions of themselves? So we get very involved in their progression and their, personal growth, and then also helping them steering in the right direction. Because unfortunately, some people make some poor choices and we end up steering them in the right direction. And, um, but with that said, it was, it was for my own transition. I've realized that it really is not like that in the civilian side of the house, because there's a side of HR that we in the military relies on other people to do for us. And those are things like compensation and benefits. And those are things like, um, the legal side of the house, uh, you know, hiring and firing, right? So we, as human resource managers in the Air Force, we know the resources to reach to. And in the civilian side, you're doing all of it. Mm, so it's so you take you take your uh, your um, your personnel flight, your military personnel yep. flight. You put that in your office. You take the legal office and you put that in your office. You take um, investigations and you put that in your office and all, and all the hiring and firing, you put that in your office. So AFPC, that big gigantic air force personnel center that's out there in, in, uh, 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 Texas, you take that entire center and you put it in your office. So it's, it's weird. I mean, obviously you're hiring less people, but it is weird to know that you are now responsible for all of that. Wow. So when you interviewed, how was that experience for you? So it, it was, it was really tough because so in, I, it really started with the type of resumes that I originally had. I was, I tell you, I, I used hire heroes, um, to help write my resume. So they took 28 years to, and they put it on you know, two sheets of paper Yeah, and 
they provided a very good foundation. Don't get me wrong. It was, it was a great foundation. It was a good start. It was like where you have, you know, you completely have, you know, brain freeze and you cannot, right? Well, they got that there for me. And then I had to add or spice up some things that were really particular to the companies that I was being hired for. And so I realized at one point that, you know, obviously I wasn't getting any phone calls back. I was submitting my resumes. I thought that I was adjusting them to a point that somebody would say, hey, she or he has what I need, right? Yeah. But I wasn't. I wasn't. Uh, I found uh, a recruiter had called me and told me that they had not selected me for a position because I was not an HR for a manufacturing assembly line type of plant like Hyundai or Toyota. And that's what their plant was about. And I, and I thought, well, so with my skills as a human resource manager in the Air Force, I am highly adaptable. And I explained to this person, uh, understand that I have been an HR manager for civil engineers, for aircraft maintenance, for, um, uh, for um, you know, medical, for security forces, for PAX terminal personnel. I, I said, I have been a, a, a human resource manager for all of those. And I had to adapt to all of those environments and understand how to deliver the services that they need. And I said, and by the way, the Air Force flight line is the largest manufacturing assembly line on the planet. Right. <laughs> so I think I know, I think I know what I, I, I think I know what skills that I could bring to you. And she really couldn't say anything. She just, okay. And then, you know, obviously I didn't get the job and that's fine. But I, I realized that that's what my resume lacked. Yeah. Interesting. I, I can, yeah. I can say things like I, I can do this, I can do that. But if, if I'm not, if I'm looking for an HR position, I, I had to say who I was an HR for. Yeah. So you're talking about really customizing your talent. I, I think you raise an interesting point, Jennifer, where, you know, in the military, to your point, we are trained, you know, certainly we have our MOSs or, you know, our specialty trade, but in some ways we can adapt uh, to whatever's at hand, right? Like I, I remember being on ship and on the team and, and you know, the, the words, not my job, never came out of my mouth, right? Nope. Uh, so to your point, when we're hiring, suddenly we're thinking, yeah, you know what? I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. I've, I've had some touch points in that area too. Sure. I could do all of this. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're talking about is stop doing that, but really focus, like take your skill set and hone it mm-hmm. to that specific yeah. task and tell that story so that they, yeah. because they don't know to your point. I mean, they don't know that the air force has the largest assembly line in the world. Right. They're like, you know, right. it, so you've got to be able to share that story. That, that, that's a, man, that's such a good tip. That is such a good tip. Yeah. So, and, and on that note too, I, I really felt like when I was doing my transition and, and cause I, I had started a long time out, like a lot of us, we started about a year out from our retirement. But when I started really getting into the whole resume writing and researching companies, it's almost like a full-time job because you have to understand what company you're applying for. And, and now that I read people's resumes every single day, I can tell when a resume is the same for every other company. Like they just shot it out and say, Hey, these are my skills here. Interesting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so like for the company I work now, you know, they, they, um, 
one of the products that they have um, worked on and projects that they have worked on is really um, is a, a battery. Okay, so if you if somebody's researching and they want to work for our company, and if they have experience in that in some time in their life, they better put it somewhere on their resume because then they will it will pique the interest of our company because they'll see it. Yeah, and I, I really. Feel that it, and when a lot of people they'll send out a hundred resumes, but all those hundred resumes say the same thing, and a, and a company really appreciates appreciates when you've honed yourself in on what how what you can do for them. Well, Jennifer, do you guys actually really read the resumes? Because we hear all this stuff like you know the resumes don't even make it past AI if you don't have this you know the special algorithms or the words or I mean, ha- is HR still reading resumes? So in our company, we do. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it really, it obviously depends on, uh, how large your company is. Like if you're somebody like GE or Honeywell, or that may happen, right. They'll have like a system where it goes through and it may not make it to the final vinyl, um, spot. But for us, when you have a, a small business, so we're, we're a small business contract, aerospace and defense, um, company, uh, we go through every single one and our hiring managers, it's because they care about who they're hiring that they take the time and they will look at every single resume. And honestly, resumes are only supposed to be one to two pages. Yeah. So if you have a five page resume, somebody is not helping you out. You, you need to make sure that it's, it's short and concise and you tailor it to the, to those five page resumes it's because somebody's doing a mass shootout and they're, you know, they're shooting it out to as many companies as they want and they're not honing it in. So sometimes people will scan over it, but it's too much to read. It's too much to kind of get into. And our hiring managers, they're busy. Yeah. Right. So, and so we do some precursor look sometimes at the um, uh, resumes and we'll let the hiring managers know. It's like, Hey, are you interested in this candidate? So on and so forth. Um, and so we work together as an HR team and the hiring managers together that we, in our company, we look through every resume. And I'll, and I'll be honest with you, your companies that are much smaller, like 500 and below, most of them are doing that as well. They're looking at the resumes. Yeah. So that's good. So, so let's say the resume gets through, right? They, they, they refine it, they hone it, they grab your attention, right? Because we're talking about grabbing right. your attention and, and, and they're grabbing your attention because mm-hmm. they, they were specific and said, listen, I can help mm-hmm. you solve this problem essentially is what they're saying, right? right? I've got the skill, right. the expertise, the background to help you solve this problem that I know you're looking to solve. So they get into your office. How should they sell themselves to you? Because, you know, we hear this on the front lines all the time. Like, yeah, we love interviewing, you know, veterans. We love, we, we want to hire them, but, you know, it's yes, sir, no, sir. You, you know, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one answer questions. Like how, mm-hmm. how do they sell themselves what do you recommend they do when they come into the office and, okay, now I've got an audience with Jennifer. How do I sell myself to you? Well, first off, relax. Yeah. That's that's number one. <laughs> I know I know it's hard, right? Yeah. I get it. I get it. And then don't take your rank in there with you. Oh, so I, I'll tell you, yeah. I'm telling you, there's so many times uh, I think that, and even I felt it too. Like the very first interview I went on, the person knew me and knew me very well and knew my capabilities and knew what I could bring to the table. And I felt like I went in there with my rank, even though I was in civilian clothes. So, um, I also, 
I would also say to be prepared for um, different types of interviews because 90% of your first interviews are going to be over the phone. And so I would say when you're having a conversation with a prospective um, employer, make sure that there's as little distractions as possible because it's also distracting to us. Because when we're trying to, like um, I was interviewing somebody, uh, I was doing a phone interview a few weeks ago and they were moving so many papers around. Like I felt like they were moving, literally moving boxes and it stopped me. And I said, I said, is this a good time? Oh, I know. I'm just, I'm just trying to get some stuff squared away here. And I felt like, are you paying attention? Interesting. Are you seriously paying attention? So really, so there's another thing too. So I think that um, veterans, the reason why we're short answered and the reason why we're very, uh, you know, yes or no, sir, is because we know, we have learned that when somebody's having a conversation with you or that you have to be, you know, eyes on, locked on target and you're showing respect. And so we get very stiff at times. And like, how, I, I think you've probably heard the um, analogy when we're getting ready to go up to the board, you know, to for promotion or for to get an award or something. You got to sit at attention, yep, right? That's right. So that's our brain. So the first thing is just completely relax. And then don't take your rank in there with you. And then understand that they respect you already. They respect what you've done. They know that you're wearing the fabric of your nation and they, they already respect you. You don't have to prove it. So I would say you just have to learn to have longer conversations than yes, sir, and no, sir. And be prepared with examples of how you have led through um, uh, uh, conflict. You know, if you had a conflict with a team, always have a story prepared for that. If you're struggling to find a story in that interview, then that shows that you are just a person that was told what to do because they, they will get in a mindset. Oh, they were just told what to do in the military. They never really let it. Ah, that's good. Yeah. So you have to be prepared with stories. You have to. And I had that was really good advice for me when I was in my TAP class, my transition assistance program class. They said, make sure you have you know, conflict resolution stories, make sure you have leadership stories. Um, when you had to possibly let somebody go, which obviously with first Sergeant world where we live a lot of that, right. Um, you know, when do you, when have you had to discipline somebody? When have you been able to carry a team through a project? And what was the result of that project? Did you, you know, think of a time when you may not have handled a situation very well and what did you do to correct it? Uh, you have to think of all of those. And many of these types of questions, if you pay attention in the TAP class, they'll tell you what to prepare yourself for. If you come prepared, you're going to have plenty of stories to talk about and you won't be stiff saying yes, sir, no, ma'am type of thing. Yes. Yeah. I love this. I, it, I, I mean, what I love is you're talking about how you effectively not only get the attention, but how you effectively win over the, the interview. Um, and, right. and I think that's such a component, uh, that we sometimes miss is we're so focused mm -hmm. on, okay, I got to get the interview. And then they get through the interview and they're like, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't know if I even tripped over myself on this thing. So I think it, it's such great advice. Right. On that. Let, let's talk about your company a mm -hmm. little bit. If you're open to doing that, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah. defense company, um, talk to us a little bit about that, who you look for, if you guys, in fact, are hiring. Yes, absolutely. So, so 
Um, for our listeners, uh, I'm actually a human resource manager for two different companies. Uh, right now, uh, I'm was hired by the parent company of the affiliate, and we also do HR for two companies. So I'll talk to you a little bit about both of those companies. And the first one is Cornerstone Research Group here in Miamisburg, Ohio. They're a high technology company that deliver products and services to you know the aerospace industry and aerospace and defense industry. And I tell you, uh, basically, it's what's amazing about this company is they solve problems where other people are struggling or cannot figure it out. Mm. I, I think I'm amazed when I hear about the the engineering platforms that they have designed, the problems that they have solved for, you know, um, the government. They don't work just for the Air Force; they work for the government, and they come up with the most amazing um, problem solving uh, uh, products at the end of their projects that they've ended up starting different affiliate companies because of that, because those, those things can also be used in the civilian uh, market. So they're uh, they are currently hiring all um, gamuts of engineer, if you could say. So we have, um, RF engineer advertised. We have mechanical engineer advertised. We have um, research engineer, which is uh, they do more of an applied engineering type of uh, they fix things that are already mm. problems. Right. And then we have artificial intelligence and machine learning uh personnel that are there. We need aerospace engineers, design engineers, electrical engineers. We need entry-level chemists. Uh, it's We need high-temperature composite engineers uh, and uh, prototype technicians, software engineers. It, we, have, we are growing so rapidly that uh, we want to make sure that we can deliver the products that we need to deliver for our aerospace partners. And so we are on a mass, I would say, just on a, on a rapidly growing hiring phase, which is extremely exciting for us. So I, I've learned more about the company in the last two months. Uh, that's been a, it's been amazing. So they're they're a fantastic uh, research and development atmosphere, and the culture there for me. And I'll, I'll explain a little bit why I chose CRG. Um, so I was very fearful when I left the military that I was not going to find the teamwork nor the atmosphere where I felt like my, my uh, opinion mattered. I didn't, I was fearful that I wasn't going to be valued. And I felt, you know, here I am, I'm getting ready to leave this organization where we throw people from all over the world, all over the planet, every race, color, creed, nationality, gender, and we put them all in one shop and we expect them to figure it out and, and, and mm. complete a mission. And we do it. And I love that yeah. about the military. I just think that's the most amazing thing. And I was petrified that I was never going to find anything close to that uh, when I left the military. So I was very particular when I looked for jobs. I was, I, I only searched out the things that were interesting. I searched out things that were close to home. And by the grace of God, I found CRG. And, and they have this collaborative, you know, welcoming, inviting nature to all things, you know, all things 
engineer. It's really amazing to watch how these folks figure things out. And I, and I love the fact that they like to bring us all into that as well. And kind of, well, it sounds it like there's an odd tempo in so the company too, because you're, you're, you're trying to solve problems that haven't been solved. So it almost in some ways felt right? like a startup environment, like an incubator of engineers that are trying to solve these amazing, I mean, I, I mean, it's just weird to say incubators of engineers yeah. too, because you know, engineers right. all in one room seems a little odd to me, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I, that being said, I mean, <laughs> I love this. I mean, if I had engineer, any engineering skill, I mean, the only thing, the, I think the only engineering I could bring is maybe domestic engineering to that firm, but right. I, right. But I love, right. so what you're, what I'm hearing you say, Jennifer, is you found almost that one team, one fight, that one team, one dream atmosphere inside this company. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. That is such a great way to put it. Cause I, this company, they've been around for 20 plus years and they've just, I, I'll tell you, they are a staple in aerospace defense and defense. And, you know, they, they've, they've won, you know, when it works awards like eight years straight, uh, they've just, they've just done this. They just put this, everybody has the same purpose. And that was, and that was another thing too. I just wanted to make sure I had purpose because every single day when you wake up in the air force, you put the uniform on the fabric of your nation. I was like, Hey, there's purpose. It's just, you get to wear it every single day. And I feel just in the short time that I've been there, that there is definitely a purpose. You, you just get excited about what they can do for, you know, the warfighter. They're protecting the warfighter. They're making sure that our airmen, our soldiers, our, our seamen and our, and our Marines are fully protected in whatever environment uh, that they need, you know? So it's, it's been, a, that's awesome. been a well, how do they find you? How, how did, and, cause we're, we're coming up on the hour and, and uh, I want people to be able to find right. you and get in touch with you or your company. How mm-hmm. do they do that? Okay. So it's crgrp.com is the first company that um, I uh, work for. And is is I told you um, they have an affiliate company because this was actually a spinoff. It was something that was developed as they were trying to solve problems. And it turns out that, you know, they have this type of atmosphere can work into the civilian market. And so they spun off an affiliate company called Advantic. And so Advantic is also looking for carpenters. They're currently looking for a director of production. They're looking for senior structural engineer, and they're looking for structural engineers. So what what Advantic does is they basically take um, their design, fabricate, and build company, and they just you know they use advanced materials that um, build um, revolutionary type structures, and uh, it's really kind of a uh, they take FRP, which is a um, fiberglass type product, which is about as strong as steel, but much much lighter, and they condense time frames on how long it takes to build. Uh, let's say you're going to build a structure for, you know, part of a warehouse, right? Let's say it's like some type of mezzanine. Well, they can condense those timeframes because their product is much lighter and, um, and it obviously lasts a lot longer, but they are, their website is Advantic LLC.com. So A-D-V-A-N-T-I-C LLC.com. And they are located, um, in Kettering, Ohio, um, soon to be, uh, they're, they are also growing exponentially and they are going to be moving also to Miamisburg because they need a bigger facility because they just, 
<laughs> they're just growing so fast. They need, they need to more space. So both companies are growing exponentially and we, and we need engineers. We need, you know, all types of folks, but they're both great places to work. And I am just excited that uh, you, you called me today to be able to yeah, talk absolutely. a little bit about Jennifer. Them. It's been, it's been a pleasure having you on this show and for our audience. Now they know how to get a hold of you. And be sure to look Jennifer up on LinkedIn, too. For those of you who are interested in this field, be sure you visit those websites, AdvanticLLC.com. And then, Jennifer, what's the other one? It's CRG. Okay, perfect. And so those of you that are looking, uh, who are interested in discovering your post-service identity, prepare, plan, and execute on your best year ever. Be sure you reach out to us at Operation Military Family. DM me. Jennifer, thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Mike.